Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 38 of the Tomato Timer. And today I have an awesome guest uh, and a friend who I got to meet at the summit. Um, feels like ages ago, but it was just last year. Um, yeah. Karina <laughs> is the co-founder and COO at Testpack, um, and they're working on developing mobile energy solutions for people who are working off the grid. Um, and she's like been recognized and awarded across the world. She is a Forbes 30 under 30. She is she was one of the top 100 women in wearables, and she was a finalist for the Nordic Women in Tech Award. Um, she's super passionate about tech and sustainable development, and we're just super excited to have you today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much, Zuber, for having me here today. It's such a pleasure to join. Absolutely. So I want to really start with such a specific kind of startup, right? You, you, it's not, it's not like a broad idea. It's very specific about mobile energy and it's about, yes. um, it's about sustainable development. What, what was the like passion? What was the spark that led you to come up with that idea? Uh, actually, and this is one of the key messages I love to share for others that sometimes we don't know what we're really passionate about until we try new things. Mm -hmm. or you know, we really go out there or we find others and we hear about their visions and we get very intrigued. And I think this is what happened in my case. So the whole idea behind Testback, uh, it got started by our CEO and founder, Mario Aguilera. So he used to be back in special forces in South America and he used to go on deployment. And every few days they would have to return back to the base to recharge the equipment. So that's when the idea started to be born that there has mm -hmm. to be better ways how to charge your equipment and how to actually remain uh, like powered for a longer time in the middle of you know remote locations. So about five, actually more than five years back, uh, me, our CEO, and our third co-founder, so there's three of us, we actually studied all at the same university back in London. That's where we all met. But mm -hmm. we all studied at different times, uh, different topics. And uh, that's how the whole team met. And I actually got so intrigued and very uh, passionate about the idea that Mario had when he was sharing about the vision of powering individuals, making every individual energy independent. And that's how I joined Testback. So I per se, I never thought about becoming an entrepreneur and I really never actually had an idea that I could start a technology company, Not mm -hmm. especially when I don't have a technology background myself. But it was a vision and the passion that Mario had that it just was so contagious that that's how I really wanted to join. And uh, today, yeah. you know, this is where we are. Amazing. And what were you studying at the time? What were you, what was your degree in? Yeah, my background is actually in international relations and public diplomacy. So previous no. to uh, previous to TESPAC, I used to work with the Finnish embassy in Serbia, and one of my ideas at that time was that I would continue working with the foreign ministry and perhaps, you know, continue with some of the NGOs and so on. So again, I never thought about mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, but already at that time I was writing about uh, some research publications about renewable energy situations in South America and as well as the economic political situation. So there was already these ideas and tendencies that I had that you do require sustainable energy. So there was that feeling that I had. And then when I just met and heard about Mario and the company he wanted to, you know, found, and he asked me to join it, I just had to say yes. Amazing. It, it, it sounds like a really winding journey, but it also feels like <laughs> almost like perfect, right? It's a serendipity. You just were in the right place at the right time. And I, exactly. I'm sure 
even though you're you probably weren't thinking about it actively somehow like sustainable development energy and all this stuff was in your head so when when mario came across you're like okay that the world is telling me to go in this yeah. direction so why not That's so tell me a little bit more about test pack itself what are you guys doing and what, what what sort of technology are you guys leveraging to to really make it happen so what we do as a company, we focus on mobile energy. We have developed mm -hmm. different technology solutions around solar, power electronics, and IoT. We combine all these together into one solution. And right now, one of our key, or I would say the main product that we focus on is called Solar Media Backpack. So what we do is that with our product, we can turn any place or room into a fully equipped classroom. So right now, as you know, that there's a large part of the world that don't have access to electricity. When you don't have access to electricity, this also directly translates into not having access to education, to healthcare, sanitation, etc. So we wanted to create a solution that would allow all NGOs, rescue workers, pretty much any personnel that works in remote locations to have that power uh, to create energy sustainably and to utilize it to charge all their equipment. And this way, they could continue providing uh, teachings, you know, workshops and trainings in some of the most remote locations. So we are extremely excited, you know, right now to be working with some of the top uh, NGOs uh, globally. And our key focus here is basically to provide the opportunity for all of them to become energy independent. So that goes back to the whole idea that the moment you would leave your house, that's when TESPAC would come in. Incredible. And I actually once, I think it was in LinkedIn or something, I was scrolling through and I remember coming across where you posted that your team, and it was a beautiful beach and you guys were all working together. And you said, yeah, you guys just decided to uproot and, and moved across to Spain or something like that. What was that all about? Uh, yes, that was uh, some years back now. So originally TESPAC, it's located here in Helsinki, where I'm currently mm -hmm. based. So the headquarters is here. But back in, I think it's been, what, four years ago, we just decided that, you know what, we focus on mobile energy. So why don't we become mobile? That was the time when we could still travel yeah. and move around easily, unlike today. Yeah. And we just thought that, you know what, Spain is beautiful. It's There's a lot of sun, you know, it, it makes yeah. our work a little bit easier than in here in Finland, where half of the year we don't see sun at all. <laughs> and it's warm. So from business point of view, at the same time, it made also the testing and the working a lot easier. So we just decided then to let's go and try it out. So we relocated to Spain and we stayed there for, for a few years. And it was a very beautiful time. I mean, I definitely do miss the, the sun, <laughs> for sure, the sun and the warmth. But uh, that, that was basically the key. And even today, we do believe that we shouldn't be bound uh, by just the location where we start the company. Mm -hmm. I mean, the world is very global. There's so much opportunities out there. Naturally, right now, it's not any more that easy just to jump yeah. into the plane and, you know, move around. But in general, at that time, uh, it was perfect. There was a lot of opportunities out there. And we really just wanted to also enjoy while working out at the same time. Of course. And that sounds amazing. So tell us a little bit about your team. How do you guys all get together? Is there, is there an R&D? Is there tech? Is there people yeah. on the business front? So right now, the whole, the most of the team is located here in uh, Finland, where we have our headquarters, but we still have our R&D offices in Costa Rica. So about a year and a half ago, when we closed down the offices in Spain, we actually relocated to Costa Rica. And right now, our CTO and part of the team is currently located there as well. So we have basically divided the team that R&D takes place in there in Costa Rica. And now in Finland, we continue having pretty much then all the business operations and pretty mm -hmm. much everything else. Cool. And I, I want to take a step back from TESPAC and I want to understand a little bit more about your thoughts because you're so immersed in this field. Um, 
about renewable energy, sustainable development, um, how like the world is transforming to accept electric cars and all these kind of incredible yeah. inventions. Where are we heading and what does the what does this kind of field look like at this stage? I mean, if we look off the right now, the trend, we are 100% going towards a more sustainable future, you know, whether we really see it yet or not. The reason I'm saying is that if we look on the current, uh, it, you know, the uses of energy that we have, the only really viable solution in the future, it is sustainable. You know, mm. whether we talk about solar, wind, you know, turbines or combinations of all that. And that's also where we as a company really want to see that if we look how the world is right now from there's a lot of part of the world where there is still no access to electricity but simply building infrastructure or building these massive let's say solar panel installations or industrial level panels it's not possible due to the level or the way the country or the region is formed so we do require more of these mobile solutions and that's how we do need to look into different type of sustainability also right now there is a massive trend going on towards electric vehicles even mm -hmm. some of the major car companies that I think if we could go back even, what, five, ten years at the time, we would have never thought that they would be completely mm -hmm. twisting, you know, changing the yeah. ways of thinking and moving even towards more of this electric future. So I think we can see it everywhere, whether we look into the industry of, you know, car manufacturers or even us as an individuals, even more and more people, they don't purchase products anymore just because of the, let's say, the brand or that they need it. They actually look a lot more, okay, how sustainable it is. You know, what is the footprint of that product? So I think people are becoming more aware of the environment and they also want to give that positive uh, impact. Yeah, and I think um, my next question might have a bit of your answer here anyway, but why is this happening now? Because I, I remember, uh, you know, for a couple of years back when I was, I was doing my A-level physics and or even chemistry and you'd, you'd be understanding renewable energy. These solutions yes. have existed for so many years. Um, what Why is the world finally taking notice of it? I think one reason for that could be that, let's say also when we started already more than five years ago, uh, like you said, the technology has been, I mean, let's say, look, for example, solar energy and renewables, they are nothing new. We've had it mm -hmm. for very very long time already but i think what it might be is that if we look also on the way of uh, education when i was back in the university yes that was also quite a long time ago uh, <laughs> there was not really much courses or there much not to, there wasn't that much teaching about the sustainability or different kind of uh, you know social impact that we can do how to utilize different sustainable energy you know technology solutions but if we look right now on the university level, on the teaching, or even if we go more on, at least here in Finland, or the high school level, it has become part of the curriculum that, you know, it has become part of it that we want to already teach for the younger, uh, the younger youth or the, the people that there is a lot more out there that sustainable energy is extremely uh, beneficial. We are getting them teaching more about recycling, you know, how to also look forward in the, you know, in the future. So I would say that in my opinion, that has made a big sense. So those people are growing up and of course they are becoming right now also more the decision-making powers. And mm -hmm. I think maybe that's why it's becoming this part of the discussions that we have. Uh, not to mention, I also think that if we go in the beginning of this year when whole Corona basically got started and a lot mm -hmm. of us have been remaining inside our houses, you know, we've been isolated. A lot of schools have been closed down and there has been more energy requirements. I mean, we've been using more electricity in a way than before because everyone mm -hmm. has been just staying put. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. that has also increased the discussions of the ideas that, okay, this is not viable the way we are relying on whether it's into, you know, coal 
or you know mining and so on we need to look for something else of course um and are you an optimist are you an optimist about the world becoming in a better place or is it or, or how do you feel about it i am i'm definitely an optimist not and maybe i i don't know whether or not it's the right way to say but in general if you do look about also the whole last hundred years you know a decade mm-hmm. and so on we are moving forward sure there are things that are not perfect and not good but if we just went back even 100 years on time we're in a completely different place you know we have so mm-hmm. many amazing technologies that are actually making positive impact uh, more people have been lifted out of poverty than it was already even 50 years ago more yeah. people are having access to opportunities that they didn't have before like looking around you know smartphones pretty much mm-hmm. anyone right now has an you know phone or some kind of uh, you know equipment that they're using around the world so yes i can't say that we are going downwards you know or backwards i truly believe that we are going forward of course like with everything in life once you go forward there's always new challenges that keeps coming up that we need to solve and i think that's what we're seeing there's just new kind of problems that we didn't have before but at the same time in my opinion i don't see it as something that we cannot just you know solve and continue moving forward so yes <laughs> i'm definitely a, you know an optimistic person amazing um and speaking about you mentioned where that um there the people who are in power now were are now those young people who are learning about sustainability and are now coming at a position of power and, and influence what is the role of young people especially those who might even still be at school or just getting into university what is our role to to, to transform this world for the better how can we make it so that we are producing a positive social impact to the community we are around and right now the community we are around is the whole world pretty much because we are interacting with literally everyone in the world at any moment of time exactly i think that has actually been one of the positives i would say at least in general if you look on the younger population i think they're more vocal they're not anymore you know to some level they are not so scared of you know expressing their you know their views maybe if we look on back on time you know the culture the situation is very different and because i feel that younger generation they are more vocal they don't they're not too scared of saying what they think they're not too scared of raising it up the problems and challenges that they are which is taking all these you know problems that we had before it's putting it straight on the agenda for people to actually discuss and try mm-hmm. to make a difference and something that you mentioned that yes we are more connected than we ever have been you know yeah. i think during the you know during past times and it is actually being a massive you know benefit so right now if you look on the the way that we are acting even right now with the virtual different you know virtual different methods it has opened up so many new worlds and so many different opportunities for everyone whoever you are whatever wherever you are to actually voice your opinion put it out there and of course we cannot you know forget the whole power of social media something that didn't exist mm-hmm. even you know let's say 10 years ago it was completely different so that has become and made it possible to actually straight away if there is a problem or if we see injustice you know it can be straight away put back on the agenda mhm and speaking about like a, a big kind of a change in in young people has been that we they're suddenly not ready to work for the corporate they're very much inclined to either join a startup or start a startup or you know there there's so many different things that are happening these days yeah. in that field on entrepreneurship especially um what is your obviously as testpack you guys uh started from scratch you you built it from from the ground up what is your advice or what are your thoughts on startups and their impact and that they can have on you know again the yeah. world i think right now uh, 
not of course everyone, but I think most of the companies, they are realizing that, of course, startups are for-profit companies. So they are, mm-hmm. you know, the whole idea is that you do need to you know, make money in the end. But I think most of us, they are realizing on this business that it's more than just about making money. You can actually make a massive difference. And when you combine the idea of whether it's about, you know, technology or whatever is the purpose of your company, when you combine that, that you can give back to the community and make that positive social impact, I think those are some of the companies that will have the biggest success in, you know, in the next years and decades when we move forward. And that's also what you said. That's why I think a lot of people right now, they want to start their own companies or they want to join startups because they feel that within these smaller companies, not only they're innovative, but they also move faster and they can make some of those uh, decisions a lot faster than sometimes big corporations. And one of the main things is that if we look on massive corporations, sometimes it's just the bureaucracy out there that will stop yep. them into actually moving forward in a fast way. And I feel that the younger generation, they don't have the time to be waiting for years and decades for things to actually happen so Mm -hmm. the startups provide that opportunity for you to make you know make things happen even if it fails it's okay then you just pivot and you do it again it's part of the whole uh i would say it's part of the whole idea behind the startups that we have but at the same time they are of course also like companies and i feel that they are also trying to catch up with the trend of realizing that if they don't make a change they're gonna be you know they're gonna stay behind and if you want to continue attracting the talent, because right now we have so many talented people out there, and if you want to attract them and to work for your company, it's not enough anymore just to have the, you know, just to have the mission of the company. You need to combine it with something more than that, whether it is around the social impact or whether it is actually around like trying to maybe achieve some of the sustainable development goals. Younger people, that matters for quite a lot of people right now. Yeah. Uh, and if I just flip the question completely and ask you, what about people who, there are lots of students out there and, you know, families that are still kind of unsure about this entrepreneurial lifestyle, which is, it isn't easy, you know, it's, there are lots of ups and downs, you can take a, it's, it's a huge risk. Um, you know, you don't know how, you, when you're going to be able to start a family and be able to provide for more than one person, the safety net is an issue. Um and there's like, you know, with at least, yes, there is bureaucracy, but with a corporate, at least you know that for the next five years, there's a little ladder you're going to go up one at a time and you're going to, you know, you know you're going to be able, okay. So I want to just like flip it completely. What about people who, who aren't feeling completely like confident to go into this ecosystem? What are ways that we could still be involved in a way mm-hmm. that is impacting the world in a positive way? That is a good question. And actually, we don't want everyone just to be working for startups. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's not really the solution, right? We need different type of companies. We need a lot of diversity in all the fields. And something that One Young World have actually really taught me about, and I know there's so much uncertainties around starting your own company or joining a startup. And, you know, trust me, working for a corporate, it is amazing the level of also, like you said, that in five years time, you can actually know where you're moving. You can make a big change also in your career development you know you have of course you can you have that monthly salary that is coming in and sometimes it's part of you don't know whether that's going to happen so there is so many attractive things and if you want to still be making a change there is a lot of opportunities right now among bigger corporations like some of the big uh, companies are collaborating one young world and what i've really seen uh, and learned from a lot of ambassador is that there is this idea of being an intrapreneur 
what it mm. means that these people who work within the corporations, they can start different projects and initiatives that is similar in a way of how startups would be acting. You come up with an idea, you come up with a you know, mission and you start executing it in the same way. You pivot, you, know, you fail, but at the same time, it's kind of like a side project within the company. And a lot of large corporations are right now doing that. So in that sense, that can provide for those people who feel like, okay, I don't feel like jumping into that whole startup wagon is right now the right thing because of some of the uncertainties, which is completely okay. And to be honest, I have felt like a thousand times that way myself, but yeah. you can still make that change within the company. And a lot of amazing people are doing it right now. And that's how, you know, the whole idea behind the entrepreneurs have also got started. Yeah. It's an incredible concept. I, I came across it um, a, a while ago, actually, at a, at, a, at a lecture at the Judge Business School. It was like entrepreneurs, extrapreneurs, and yeah. entrepreneurs, and how they're all coming together to really make a big difference. Because at the end of the day, uh, as, as someone who's also trying to figure out how, how a startup runs, um, I know that there are days when you, you feel absolutely overwhelmed, and it's difficult. Uh, and sometimes you're not even able, able to make the social impact you want to just because yeah. of just like logistical issues, like, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have the money or you don't have a team that's yeah. big enough. To have. So in many ways we need to be, there's, it's really easy to blame and like make the world into a black and white, you know, that's okay. That's bad. Um, but it's, it's such an amazing point that you've just raised. There's definitely ways. And I just like to add, if you are even working for a corporate, which has no mm -hmm. connection with anything, you know, social impact driven ideas or, or, or any, any initiative like that, you can always volunteer. You can always be yeah. giving up your time, effort, energy, and even sharing stuff. Um, and I'm, what I've realized, especially over the past few months, we've had some amazing volunteers join us and they're spending their time helping us at the same time as they go across their own jobs and do their own work. Um, but it's creating a huge value for us. It's helping us run. While at the same time, they're able to kind of have the safety of, of a job that, that they need. So that, exactly. that exists as well. What are some ways, I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but what are some ways, that, what are some things that you, because we're, a lot of us, again, are at a very early start in our, in our kind of, not even career, we're still figuring out academics. We're still thinking yeah. about uni and what to apply and what to study. Um, did university life and or school life affect you in how you're, perceiving the world right now or the skills that are have made you a successful entrepreneur? I think back in uh, university, it, it will never teach you the skills that you will, like all the skills that you will require once you graduate mm. and in your lifetime, to be honest. How I see it is kind of the best uh, jumping start to the life. Like, for example, when I was back in the university uh, and studying international relations, I think I did learn a lot you know so to say like today i deal a lot with different companies i deal with that uh, you know in, with our partnerships ngos and that is basically relate you know building relationship yeah. so although i did not study technology so on i did learn about these soft skills uh, throughout of course in the university and throughout all my past previous careers so basically as advice to everyone who are still thinking what should they even study and you know once you decide what to study like what are you going to do after you graduate for me, the most important thing and what I like to advise to everyone is that don't be so nervous of thinking yet what you are going to do after the university. Choose that topic or that field that really excites you, that you're really interested in. Because after all, you're going to spend quite a few years in university. And the only way really to learn and the only way to really to enjoy and actually get something out of the degree, because you don't just want to go there and just waste your time, is choose something mm -hmm. that interests you and 
you find a pa- you know passion towards do. And that was international relations, politics, you know, about economics. That was something that I really loved. I, even today, I love. After that, it's okay even if you don't have your plans. And even if later on you realize that, oh my God, I studied marketing and now I actually want to work in a technology field. We do need a lot of diverse people. We don't want only yeah. those coders and engineers. You know, we do need people from HR, from communications, you know, from all different industries. So we sh- you know, the younger generations are like right now, they shouldn't need to be so stressed about already considering what to study. I think whatever you study, it can really serve as an opportunity towards your future career, whatever it is. Jump starts into your, your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as we come to the end of the episode, I have one final question for you. Um, I'm sure there are like lots of people who have listened in today and heard your, read your bio and looked at you online and seen you like across the world in newspapers and magazines and, and huge conferences and being recognized and they're inspired by you. So what would be one piece of advice you'd be, would you'd like to share them? You know, what would you say that transformed your life or, or something that really gave you that purpose and direction? Uh, something that, uh, in my opinion, that I've met a lot of people and they say that, okay, I don't know what I want to do. I really don't know what I'm passionate about. That was basically me. Like when I was younger and even when I was going to uh, choosing what to study in university, I didn't mm-hmm. actually know. I chose one university where I wanted to study international relations. On another, I applied for politics. On another, I applied for law. Another, for environment. No. I mean, <laughs> I applied to so many different universities with completely different fields. Because that was one thing that showed me that I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And throughout my, when I was even a kid, I wanted to become, you name it, I wanted to be it at one point of my life. So I've never been one of these people that knew already from a young age that, you know what, this is my passion and this is what I want to do when I move forward. And I feel that sometimes a lot of people, they tend to think that if they don't already know about that, you know, the passion or something that interests them, they feel that in a way they might be already be a failure and they feel that what is going to happen, you know, in the years to come with their life. So that's one of the messages or advice that I can give to, you know, to others. It's okay not to know what you want yeah. to do. The best way how you find out what you like is try different things. Do as much new things as you can. Do those things even that you really hate or you're bad at. I mean, I used to hate sales. I was so bad at it and I really despised it even <laughs> to one level. But yeah. at one point I thought that, you know what, if I already hate it this much, why don't I just try? It's not like I can become any worse. <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. things can go any worse. And I just learned after a few months, I started loving it and I actually became a really good salesperson. And that was only because I finally decided to give it a go. So this is how we can find out also those things that can excite us. We just simply have to really go out there and find out. It's okay if you fail. It's okay if you don't like it. But just let's try to enjoy from that every day and every moment that we have. Because honestly, life is way too long and it's kind of like way too short. In that (laughs) sense, just to waste it on those things that make us miserable or to be stressing what's going to happen in the future. Like right now, we haven't got on a situation going on. Nobody knew what this was going to happen. Exactly. And this is how it is. Next year, there could be something else. We don't know. So right now, study what you love. Work on the place that you love. Do those things that excite you. Try different things. Yeah. Thank you so much, Greta. It's amazing to have you. And I'm sure you've left us like inspired and pumped to really go out there and do something new. Thank you so much, Subaru. It was such a pleasure to join join the Perfect. podcast today. Thank you. Um, and thank you for everyone who joined in live and listening offline at some point as well. I uh, hope you take care and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And that's another episode of The Tomato Timer. 
If you'd like to ask your questions and join us live next week, join the Xenos Discord server. The invite link is in the description. And to learn more about Xenos and how a bunch of students are on a mission of making quality education accessible to all, go to xenos.org. Bye for now.